For 30 years, a man on Wall Street who was internationally known was one of the pioneers in stock trading on computers, was the head of the number one investment firm, I guess, in all the world. He handled over $60 billion. And everybody who had given their money to him, many of them life savings, prospered on paper astronomically. I had a friend who was a hedge trader on Wall Street at the same time with this man, and he said, we couldn't figure it out. He multiplied people's money astronomically for over 30 years. But he had two sons, and they came in this investment business with him, and they discovered it was all fraudulent. 60, did you get billion dollars he handled. And almost 15 years to today, he was found guilty of 11 federal crimes and sentenced to 150 years in prison as he headed up the biggest Ponzi scheme, I guess, America has ever known. People trusted him with everything they had. On paper, they were getting rich and rich and richer, and he was applauded in every kind of financial arena you could find. But it's all phony. He was a flim-flam man. He was a con artist. Brilliant. And now it's all gone. That fits our scripture we're going to look at today. It tells us exactly what happens and the responsibility that comes when we are trusted with stuff. Everybody here has been trusted with blessings from God, every single one of us. And the question is, what do we do with that trust he's given us, right? His investment in you, investment in me, when will there be an accountability? And what does he expect me to do? What does he expect you to do with the investment he made in your life? That's a big question, isn't it? We've been studying parables, and we discovered that parables are earthly stories with heavenly meaning. But also we understand that Jesus in his parables, remember, he would throw down on us. He, he threw down truth, and it was a violent thing, parabola. He throws it at us, so hopefully we'll understand how the kingdom of God operates. So many people don't understand how the kingdom of God operates. So what does he expect of us? This parable in Matthew chapter 25 sort of explains it to us. 25, verse 14. Jesus is speaking, and by the way, 
the context of when he's speaking, this is three days before he is crucified. Three days. So he brings all of his apostles up into the Mount of Olives, and he sits with them. He says, guys, let me tell you what's going to happen. So he gave them a big panoramic view of the present and the future because he knew that when he died on the cross three days following, they would be totally mystified. So he gives this parable and it's eschatology, that's a big word, which means last things. And he tells a story of how here is this inheritance that God is entrusted people with. And the story is that the owner of the country, the master is going to be gone for a long time, but he's going to come back and he's going to ask an accounting what have you done with that which I entrusted you with? And this is a story. It has long-range meaning for us. Jesus lived 33 and a half years on this earth in the flesh. He lives now in you and me in the Holy Spirit. So he has left this earth physically but this little interim time, we would call it the church age, precedes the kingdom age when Jesus comes back and brings down the curtain of history and then there is an accounting. I've invested all of this in you. This is my kingdom. In the kingdom is the church and the church is my body. It is to grow and when he comes back and the Bible tells us it will be It'll be sudden. We have signs and indications he'll come back and it'll be sudden and then there'll be an accounting. Now there are two thrones of judgment. One throne is where rewards will be given. 2 Corinthians 5, Romans 14. And he'll separate the sheep from the goat and he will then give rewards as we have used that which he's entrusted us with, wisely according to his will, according to his purpose. And then there will be the great white throne of judgment, which is Revelation 20, 21, and that's for those who did not know Christ and did not live for him. So in this context, Jesus here speaks to us as he spoke to those apostles and said, this is what I'm entrusting you with. Listen to it. Chapter 15, Matthew, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is, you know what heaven's going to be like? What the kingdom of God is going to be right? He's going to give us a little view. It is like a man traveling in a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. It's a picture of God delivering goods to his people. And to one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to their ability. In other words, God gives us talents according to our ability to use them for him and for his kingdom on the basis of ability. You don't take someone who's never taken a snap in a, football game and put them in and say, you're my starting quarterback for the Texans. That doesn't work like that, does it? 
according to their ability, the same way in life. So he hands out these talents. And immediately he went on a journey, and then he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, who had received two talents gained two more, but he who had received one, one went and dug it and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Now let's see, this is a talent. By the way, this is where the world gets the word talent, right from the scripture. A talent in that day was the largest form of money that they use in exchange. And you will not believe, take a talent in that day and just press it forward as to what it would be worth today, it would be worth, hold on, around a million dollars in today's currency. This shows the generosity of God, the generosity of Jesus. So here's this man, and the man here would be the master, it would be the king, it would be Jesus. And he left with his followers five talents for one, and what did he do with those five talents? He says, immediately he went out and he traded them, he used them. Two talents, immediately they went out, traded them and used them. Five talents were multiplied, now he had $10 million, pretty good, in the currency of that day. Two talents, $4 million, great, doubled, pretty good. But one guy, he gave one talent a measly million dollars, ladies and gentlemen, my goodness. And he was so frightened, he took that one talent and he put it in the ground, dug a hole, put the talent in there and covered it up. Didn't do anything wrong. He just held on to everything. You got the picture. That's where we are. We're the parallel to that. And then look at that little verse that follows. It says, he left, he left. Verse 19, after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. In other words, there's gonna be a payday someday. The devil pays in counterfeit money, by the way, but there's gonna be a payday someday for all of us, a time of judgment. You got the picture, three men, five, two, doubled it. One man dug in the hole, didn't do anything wrong, he just hit it. And then there's a day of accounting. Look over at the next verse there, verse number 20. So he who received five talents, what did he do with it? Came and brought five talents saying, Lord, you delivered me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents beside his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Huh. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of the Lord. Man, that's terrific, isn't it? The same reward came to the person who had five and doubled it, and the person who had two that doubled it. No difference, and look what the reward does. First of all, there is praise from God. Well done, 
What I gave you, what I entrusted to you, you have used it wisely, you have doubled it. Well done. Praise from God. Good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. And he says, I will then multiply your opportunity. Three things came as praise. First of all, a praise from God, you did it right. You handled what I built in your life perfectly. You, you doubled it. And then he says, the second thing about praise was, I'm going to make you ruler over more. Now, folks, this is heaven. And this also is a taste right now. We get to heaven in our resurrected bodies. We're not going to just play harps unless you want to. He's got a tremendous assignment, and he is going to increase the opportunity we have in, through all eternity. Now, that's so beyond our understanding and our comprehension. Praise, we use what we have now, maximize that ability, that talent, those many kinds. By the way, a talent can be money. It can be a musical skill. It can be art. It can be uh, child raising. It can be a million things. We use the opportunity that God has given us. We maximize that, and we handle it right. He says, good job. I'm going to make you ruler. I'm going to give you more authority in my kingdom. And then he says, I'm going to share with you, look at it, the joy that I have. Now, that's unbelievable. What is the joy that God has? Think about it. Play God for a minute. Some of you play God too much now anyway, but play God for a minute. In eternity, we will have the joy of God in creation, in life, in love, in celebration. We will know as we have been known, and our minds will be exploded into eternity with kingdom capacity. What a reward for just being faithful with that which we've entrusted with. Praise from God. Expanded into new visions throughout eternity. And then we'll be on God's team. Like Bill Godstein, we share in the joy of expansion this all the way through eternity. That's reward for using whatever talents we have. Now, look what happened. The guy with one talent. Notice he didn't do anything wrong. It didn't seem like, did it? Look what he said. And then verse 24, then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, talk to God, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, I have there what you gave to me. You have what is yours, I give it back to you. Now, he didn't steal anything, did he? He just took that one talent, dug a hole, hid the ground. The master came back. I want accounting. Well, Lord, here's that one talent you gave me. It is still intact. I give it back to you. But then what shocked me when I understood it clearly was verse number 26. But the Lord answered and said to this one talent guy, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap 
where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming out have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and verse number 30 and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that seems over the top in judgment, doesn't it to you? Here's a guy, he had only one talent, only a million dollars, and he buried it, and, and the counting came, he said, I give it back to you, that which you trusted me with, no problem. Do you see what frightens me there? We have to use what we have. And that was taken from me and given to the one who had $10 million, a measly $11 million in this illustration. Use what you have, ladies and gentlemen, or you'll lose it. The verse here says the more we use something, the more capacity we have. I know people seated right here, you at once were a tremendous Bible teacher. But, you know, I was raising children, and now we have an empty nest, and we go here and go there, and you're not using that talent in Bible, Bible teaching, and it has atrophied. It's like it's been taken away from you. Other higher priorities. I know people out here who ought to be seated up here singing in this choir. I know you have a good, gifted voice, but it would take sacrifice and I'd have to miss this and go there. It's a price to pay to prepare to sing, to be a part of the worship of God. I know people here who could do a zillion things in the life of this church. Just many things, but we just sit and soak and stay on the sideline and never get in the game. I looked about, oh, 30 years ago And I noticed what little muscle I ever had was disappearing. <laughs> Whoa, I, you know. So I started doing some little curls, 10 pounds, you know, sets of 30, just, you know, three or four times a week. And, you know, that muscle came back just about what it was when I was 15. Isn't that something? <laughs> you say, boy, that's unusual. No. That's how God has wired us physically. That's why he's wired us emotionally. And he gives us gifts and opportunity that we can use in our life and we must use them or Jesus says, he didn't do anything with his talent. Didn't do anything. He said, you're wicked. I invested in you. I expect a return on my investment in kingdom commodity. Not necessarily financially. That's just the illustration here. In every area of life, you had the capacity to do something, to amount to something, to love, to share, to witness, to go out, and you just sort of sat there and let it all just run by. And what a waste. And there'll be a payday someday, folks. Yeah, there'll be an accounting just like Jesus had the accounting here. There's going to be accounting for all that God has trusted us with. All those people trusted $60 billion with Bernie Madoff. And he just put in banks under his name. 
God has trusted all of us with stuff. Begin to use that what he's trusted you with, whatever it is, in many forms of life, and it'll grow. It'll grow. It'll develop. It'll have kingdom usage. Well, so I knew that. Are you going to do anything about it? Or just keep shriveling? Keep shriveling. Ask God, what have you invested in my life? How may I use that investment? And it will have the returns that the opportunity gives. The one talent guy, he said, well, Lord, I knew you were hard and tough. I knew that you would reap where you didn't sow. I knew you would have more than you sowed. And Jesus says, in light of that, you should understand, you go sow that one talent and I'll multiply it in so many different areas. Principle of life, use it or lose it. Use it and it will grow. Whatever talent, gift, grace, opportunity you and I have, use it and it will grow. Don't use it, it'll atrophy and you'll wake up one day and say, I can't sing like I used to, I'm getting older. No, you didn't use it. You know, I can't, no, you did, you've abused it. So ladies and gentlemen, this is a hard, tough word that we have here. It's an indicting word for me and for you to make sure we maximize the opportunities we have. Not in financial areas, that's the least important. In areas of serving, of giving, of going, of loving. So we come now to pledge our budget. Oh my goodness, they, all they want is money. Nonsense. We do this once a year and we do it clear and plain as to what God teaches all of us who are Christians, who are in the kingdom, as how we handle that part of what God has entrusted me with and entrusted you with. It's just plain, simple, ABC, biblical truth. You can do flips, you can run, you can deny, you can rationalize, but it's very fair, it's very even. If you have a dollar, you give a dime. You got $10, you give a dollar. You got a million dollars, a little hundred, nothing. It's God has used it, and when we are faithful with a little, we'll just see what he does in any area of your life. Now, before we make our commitment, I want to show you something that happened, I think, two weeks ago in our church. Uh, Dan and Donna Chang are members of our church, and they have twin children. They're five years old, and they are just beautiful kids. I can tell you that, as you'll see in a few minutes. And you have there Sam, who is the male part of the twin. Then you have Grace, who is the female. And every Sunday, they come to church, those two five-year-olds get their envelopes out and they put their offering in there. They mother, dad prepares it before they leave home and come to church. A couple of three weeks ago, Sam, the five-year-old boy, said he had lost his offering. They were downstairs in their house and told his mother, said, Sam, where's your offering? I've lost my offering. 
Well, immediately Grace, the twin, runs upstairs, and Mother, the Donna, thinks, well, Grace must have hidden or taken Sam's offering, and she's going up there now. And so she didn't say anything. Sam went and sat down in the room, and Grace came back down, and the mother thought, perhaps, this five-year-old is now coming to confess or try to explain how Sam lost his offering, his twin. And so she comes down, and she turns on the camera on her phone, saying this would be a lesson to teach Grace if she had mishandled Sam's offering. But I want you to listen very carefully. Don't get too routed. Don't applause or anything. Just listen to this little dialogue that took place. You get the setting? Everybody got me where I am? All right. Grace comes down. I want you to look at this. Shh, listen. Grace, what happened to Sam's dollar bill? It broke. I, um, I had to cut it in half because Sam lost his dollar bill. You had to cut what in half, Grace? Dollar bill. Let me see. You cut it? Mm-hmm. Why'd you cut it? Because Sam lost his dollar bill. What does that have to do with anything? What are you going to do by cutting it? Sam wants to give the offering to his teacher, so that's why I want to do, so that's why I had to cut it. Um so you want to share your offering? Yes. Okay, so Grace. Sam. You can't cut a dollar. Why? Well, um, Grace, your heart is beautiful for wanting to share your dollar with Sammy. It's beautiful. I'm sure God will accept that. Thank you. <laughs> your heart is beautiful. Mother thought she'd taken Sam offering and done something with it, but she hadn't, and she'd gone up when Sam didn't have an offering, cut her dollar bill in half. Mother says, you can't do that. She said, I didn't want to say you've broken federal law. <laughs> but the mom responds and says, Grace, your heart is beautiful. Isn't that something? Boy, I wish God would say, to some of us, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm going to multiply your opportunity now and in all eternity. That's how my kingdom operates. And you're going to share with me joy, the joy of the whole givenness of God himself. You've got a beautiful heart. Wouldn't that be great? Great. 